Hello. You tuned in to Super Art Creator Talk, Episode 3. Our guest is drummer, beatmaster, Mr. Funky Foot, and he is a counselor. Give it up for Dennis Brooks, y'all. Wow, thank you for that <laughs> intro. Whoa, yeah. How you doing, people, today? All right. All right. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Oh, a little about myself. Like you said, my name is Dennis Brooks, and I am a drummer mm-hmm. and currently in a band, called, a little band called Ill Funk. Ill Funk. Who I share with this young man over here, <laughs> Mr. Wells. Um which I've been, you know, uh, drumming probably since the age of, I don't know, uh, 10 or 9 years old. Wow. Um, I'm also a chemical dependency counselor. That's right. Here in the area. Uh, Much needed. Yes. Currently I work at a halfway house in Boston Spa. Mm. And, you know, I, you know, both of them keep me very busy. Right. So. <laughs> I would imagine it keeps you very busy. I'm anxious to ask this question. There, you're so different in, in relation to what you do at a day job to, to when you go night and you perform. Um, how is the transition from being a counselor during the day and then jumping from that world to an artistic world, uh, something you enjoy doing at nighttime? Uh, what, how do you make that transition? I, I have a hard time doing one or two things <laughs> in the course of the day and staying focused. How do you stay focused uh, both during the day in one uh, aspect of your life and then going to another different aspect at night? Well, um, well, I suppose like uh, both areas are passions for me. Right. Me, I, uh, I came into the, the field of uh, chemical dependency mm-hmm. uh, uh, through experience, <laughs> uh, being I am a person of recovery myself for over 23 years. All right. All right. Um, Good for that. Congratulations. Congrats. Uh, so, uh, but I, I became a counselor probably around 2011. I decided to go back to school. I decided to shift careers. And I, I, I had a friend who was a counselor. And, you know, we came up together uh, and he was always like, you would make a good counselor. (laughs) And, you know, and so when I came to a point back in like 2011, 2010-ish, I decided I wanted a career change. I decided to give it a try. I went back to school, went in that area. But to answer your your question, how do I uh, deal with the two different paradigms of them both actually because you know the drumming thing i've always been since my youth like like 10 years old uh playing instruments and uh, whether i started out on a trumpet probably in elementary school Hmm. and uh, i was playing i started playing drums too because in church i I was uh in the choir Mm -hmm. and i didn't want to be in the choir anymore so I decided I was probably playing drums and I won't have to sing anymore. So I learned how to play drums and then eventually built on that. But um, it's always been, um, music has always been a passion in my life since a very young age. And I use that, it's, it's very interesting because I use that because a lot of counseling, um, it's very uh, intense 
I can imagine. You, oh, yeah. You, yeah. You, especially in our modality, you know, where we spend a lot of time, we spend more time, a little more time with clients in a halfway house than you would say, per se, a rehab where they might have, you know, 50 or 60 clients or, or a counselor might have 30 clients. Mm -hmm. In my house, the most I'll have is like eight. There's 16 clients in our house. So the most I might have is eight. So I can spend more time individually. And you get to know these people. You get to know their, their lives and try to help them work through some of the stuff behind what the addiction was. Right. But that's a very, can be very stressful at times. There's mm -hmm. a lot of ups. There's a lot of downs. And they always, I can remember when I was going to school where they, uh, they were used to tell us about it's very important to have something outside of that, something self-help, uh, self-soothing for yourself to get outside of that right. every now and then to help you stay focused when you come back to that. Well, you don't and, have to go into uh, mm -hmm. the question I'm going to ask mm -hmm. you was, uh, I, want, I would like to know mm -hmm. what was the worst uh, thing you saw as a counselor in, in, uh, since you started it? something that really was something that was um so uh, stressful mm -hmm. and and made you think uh, mm -hmm. that was maybe really could have been depressing but mm -hmm. something that was just very intense that you saw as a counselor well, well, that you can legally tell us <laughs> without well, without names I, yeah i lately i'm bound by a uh hipaa laws yes. of the state yeah. uh, privacy right. stuff like but i can tell you Probably the worst, my worst day as a counselor so far was mm -hmm. I had a client who uh, passed away and mm. in, in, in the facility. Oh. Well, not in the facility, but she she had um, uh, issues, respiratory issues, mm. heart issues, stuff like that already, and. Uh, uh, that day I came in and there, we knew she was staying home and she wasn't feeling well and everybody. So I went in to check on her mm -hmm. and knocked on the door and I went in and uh, she wasn't answering me, but she was breathing real hard and she was on the floor. Huh. Huh. So I walked over and I was like, are you all right? Are you all right? And I, it, it, she wasn't all right. Mm -hmm. I immediately went and got uh, uh, another staff member said, hey, we got an issue down here. So please, somebody call oh, wow. 911. And they called 911. They tried to do everything they could for her. How do you process something like that? It's, how do you, how do you it's, take something like that? It's very, it's very, like, it's, but like you said there's there's a whole you know they, they talk about the grieving process you know and you go through those things right but you know it's very disheartening here was a young lady um who had so much potential with trying to turn her life around you were trying to do the right thing and you know it was the hard the hardest thing for me was mm -hmm. i had to turn around you know right the, at that when they were taking her out to, and we pretty much do she had expired because they told us. Right. I had to then call her parents mm -hmm. to notify them and explain to them, which wow. was the most, that was probably the most difficult thing I had to do uh, whatever, yes. since I've been there. 
Wow. Wow. And so with with those things and, and having mm-hmm. to uh, have those parts of your job, mm-hmm. um, you know, can you tell us about, you know, the turnaround? I mean, have you seen a positive turnaround or change in people uh, in your, well, you know, the resident? Because, I mean, that's a horrific to- yeah. story. But statistics are still basically very I I tell people it's it's hard to say, but the statistics statistics have pretty much actually they may have gotten a, a little worse mm. um but on average we have 16 residents in the house right and if two of them remain sober for a year mm-hmm. that's about the average oh wow wow so so wow i didn't even i didn't even realize that um you know and man to, to follow up with that i mean you know, we, we talked about the El Funk Ensemble mm-hmm. and that we are avid, you know, hip hoppers, mm-hmm. hip hop heads, if you'll say that. Um, you know, one shift I've seen in, in the musical genre is that uh, growing up uh, and before that, you know, the rapper talked about being the drug dealer and, and the life uh, that it afforded them. Again, not saying that we... Um, you know, or, or advertising or advocating for that. But it seems like now the younger kids, uh, you know, glorify being the drug abusers, being the drug takers. And, and I, I'll take it a step back because I'm a generation before you. Mm-hmm. I was the, the generation when rap actually started. Right. right. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so, yes, indeed. So, yes, indeed. and where it was a party thing and a lot of, uh, uh, you know, the rappers were most, mostly boastful and they were pretty much... Um, anti-drug mm-hmm. um and it, it that shift I, I can't even say when that that shift started maybe late 80s early 90s where okay. the shift where a lot of like you said a lot of that it, because it, it, the artists and 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 the you know the subject matter are all kind of entangled yes when you say with rap right and um so a lot of the artists were coming out word so they were just speaking on what their situation was right um so and now like you said how nowadays a lot of the artists are just like it's back to the same thing they get back to you can even go back to like uh, we were talking earlier mm-hmm. because about the 60s and the, right. and all the music artists yeah. were you know abusing drugs and stuff and it's more towards that end now right yes rappers yes. you know what i mean the, all these you know you got like little wayne that I'm waiting. Well, I'm waiting for you. You that like a, yeah. a, a, a runaway train train that yeah. you can see coming. And shout and shout out to Little Wayne because man, I love your music and I love a lot of things that you stand for. But we we definitely are worried in that in that right for you. Uh, you know for sure. Not to single it out, but we talk of concern, brother. If you're listening yes, to this we podcast, are, we are talking concern. Like I said, I just you know like I said, I uh, today today's uh youth i mm. think are um very and and that will take it back to the subject matter of uh, me being a counselor yes um which is actually of the utmost importance and yeah. we, we respect that you are a creator and you are out there yeah. doing something in the community the, the, that that uh, age group though the millennials mm-hmm. um are very it, it, it's forced us you know as counselors to try different avenues mm. and learn different ways and which try to reach it because a lot of times, like I said, it, the halfway house we used to have, um, you know, when I first started, typically mostly, you know, out of the 16 people, 
nine, eight, nine, ten of them were alcohol. Mm -hmm. Then you had the four or five cocaine and just a couple of opioid. That's flipped. Now it's like eight, ten opioid. You have Mm -hmm. a couple of alcoholic and then a couple of cocaine. That's totally turned around. And a lot of them, they're getting younger and they're like this millennial age. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them, you know, like when they come to us, uh, there's three phases of... um, you know, treatment, uh, which is stabilization, rehabilitation, mm-hmm. and reintegration. You know, stabilization, that's when they go to rehab. Mm-hmm. There's medical people there, they stabilize them, get, you know, uh, they're withdrawn from the drug, or they're, they got medical staff there to stabilize them. Right. Uh, but, but rehabilitation, mm-hmm. same thing, they start to rehabilitation. They, uh, put them in groups, they talk about their use, their issues, get them therapy if needed. And then reintegration, we're at the tail end. Usually people who come to us mm-hmm. are people who've been in rehab and, and completed it, and they're looking to reintegrate back in society, right. going back to independent living. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot, of, a lot of times we're getting these uh, millennials and younger people and they don't have the life skills. I mean, literally, they don't know how to wash your clothes. Right. They can't wash digits. Mm-hmm. They don't know anything about cooking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, uh-uh. And literally, uh, they, they, they don't know how to uh, balance the bank book or right. even have a banking account. Or, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, no, I do. I do. And it's yeah. all, and it's a different, It's you have to um, deal with these guys in a different manner. Right. Same, same way, it's, you know, used to be an alcoholic. You know, most of the alcohol, you know, they, they've lost jobs. Mm. They've lost family. Yes. They lost cars, wives, right. children. Mm. So there was some incentive for them to change their life. Right, right, exactly. These millennials, most of them, you know, they're doing what they're doing, and they'll go back and live with their parents. Their parents are getting them out of jail. They'll give them money to live. Yeah. No, they're not, yeah. they're not having the feel of effects of their use immediately as per se right. back in the old so, days. So we say millennials, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like, in, you know, in that kind of mid thirties down to yeah. the, the, the mid twenties. But what about the generation yeah. under that? Yeah. Uh, I'm not well, familiar been... with that, with that term. <laughs> I, uh, what well, the I ones under. Are they, are they Z? Are they, are they Z? What's the, the next generation after millennial? Is it Z? Yeah, so 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 Gen Zers, which are which are watching that, right? Which are the the, the children of the older yeah. millennials, you know. Which I'm in that case. I mean, you know, what what are they? You know, what how they're operating? I mean, you have that social media bend. Yeah, well, right? that's going to be like a whole that. other like level coming up because it, also another uh, thing we contend with because when they come to our house, mm-hmm. we take away all of their electronics. Oh, okay. So okay. they don't have yeah. access to their social media and all that stuff. Right. And it's really, it's really disheartening to watch because when you talk about uh, trying to teach them socialization skills, mm-hmm. it's hard because they can't, they haven't learned to even read body language. Right, right, right. Wow. Wow. So I would, I would love to hear your, your bend on it, Mark, or any, any, uh, you know, any comparison to how you grew up in your generation or. See, the thing is, um, when I listen, I'm so far removed from mm-hmm. uh, the generation before you. Mm-hmm. And are you baby? I'm a baby boomer. 
I'm a baby boomer. Okay, so we're, we're right he, he looks a lot younger than he is. That's that's what. Yeah. <laughs> Don't cry. <laughs> we were not ex mm -hmm. exposed in the '60s, yeah. as I explained, but it was the mid '60s. Yeah. In the late high, in like my junior and senior year, I would say. Yeah. When we started to see, you know, the the drug environment uh, a little bit more ingrained in yes. our society than even the mid-60s. Yeah. And so I would say that it's 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 fast fast forward to now, it's just mind-boggling to me is how prevalent it is in our society. Yes. It's just it I can't even comprehend it. I Mm -hmm. I'm going to use a term people won't even know this term. Mm -hmm. I grew up in an Ozzy and Harriet world. Yes, so I, I, I know the, I, well, I know the term. <laughs> I grew up yeah. in a very safe yeah. environment at home, mm -hmm. a very nurturing environment at home. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the, the problems in, uh, mm -hmm. of today. Um, I was a little bit protected, I guess you could say. My father worked mm -hmm. uh, as a, a manufacturing engineer. Yeah. GE was... was, uh, was around and he transferred even we transferred uh two or three times different states but it, that didn't affect me because yeah. it was we had a loving household yeah we had a support system i don't know if the kids today um have that support system i don't know if they have the type of role models mm -hmm. male mm -hmm. role models that they need today i don't know mm -hmm. um well, it, you can explain to me. It, it depends. I mean, when we talk about mm -hmm. uh, like your generation and you're talking about the nuclear family, the, the and you know it had changed somewhere. That that the, the old standard nuclear family had shifted, right. and uh, it's still. I they like said the finish it, but there's still, you know, these family, you know, you might have two moms, you might have two dads, right. you might have the single mother. Yeah. I still think those can be, um, you know, nurturing and loving families in their own right. Right. Yeah, um, definitely. It's just different. And like I said, um, nowadays, it's kind of, it, it's difficult for to work with somebody who, like you said, most of these guys, I, I say, if you work with adolescents and mm -hmm. children like that, especially adolescents, they have that Superman complex where I can't be hurt. It's not going to happen to me. Mm -hmm. And it's hard uh, to get through to that, especially when, like I said, you know, uh, they get arrested. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. Parents bail them out of jail. Right. Yeah, they go they go right back home and live. So what have what lessons have they learned? Right, right, right. Well, well. <laughs> so, so let me let me steer back into because you know we all are are, are, are creators and, uh -huh. and and like I said, our show delves into some gets our perspective, which we don't always hear from the more left brain. Um, with the the drug, I mean, we still have like the twenty seven club. Right. Where people in the 60s and, you know, yeah. Janis Joplin and, you know, Hendrix and and the list goes on and people still doing that. So, I mean, well, some still, may say that it, still, it hasn't really changed, yeah. you know, is a part of is a part of what we do, especially in music. Yeah. Um, it's a part of the, the culture of music. So, um, y you know, as we and, and I and you, uh, you know, it's used as an escape and it, mm. and it helps so many other people. There's that other dark side. Yeah. To it, right? Well, you, it, it's still I know the 27th, but we still have artists today mm -hmm. um, 
abusing drugs, yes, who are dying. You, you know, you can go back to Whitney Houston, right? Prince, yeah. and up to now, Mac yeah. Miller. Yes, Mac Miller. Um, we had little. Um, I'm, I'm, I, no. I can't think. Of, yeah, a lot but of there are a few to, few of the uh, new artists that have had substance abuse and are oh, passing yeah. off. Yeah, you know, so that trend and then, and it's always been there. I think it's it, you know, as an artist, um, you always want to be edgy. And living a kind of lifestyle, especially the today age pushes, you are too. <laughs> yes, that pushes boundaries. Right. And with that uh, come some consequences. Well, well, you know, do you think that um, that the escapism that somebody wanted to do in the sixties, seventies, or eighties mm -hmm. is different than somebody born in? The two thousands, or or you know, two plus. I don't. The reasons why they went through. I don't season? think it's. I don't believe it's different. It okay. just, I mean, in a different context, a different time. Mm -hmm. But it's basically like I said. It, they're all artists, and like I said, and they're looking back on the generation. Remember, all artists look back on the generation before them, of course, to draw, of course, their inspiration, right, and so. You know, it, it it's all comes circle circular. Yeah, full, full circle. And, and with the drug of choice, mm -hmm. I guess that was the word I was thinking mm -hmm. of. Maybe in the late sixties, early seventies, and we discussed mm -hmm. this was LSD. Yeah, and, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, we, it was more of a way to uh, for artists to go into, I guess. And they never go into like another world, yeah. hallucinogenics. Yeah, world. psychotropic right. drugs. Right. Yeah, they were more experimental and, and expanding your mind, right? And things of that nature. Like whereas today, uh, and there was some of that still going on because you know you have ecstasy and mm -hmm. oh, yes. Yes. and all these things that they're they're trying. But uh, this um, opioid epidemic mm -hmm. is just massively took over because i don't think i think uh, this generation didn't realize i mean uh, hydrocodone you mm -hmm. know benzos and stuff like that these painkillers right. that were sitting in their parents oh yeah yeah they didn't realize an opiate they're all opiate based mm -hmm. an opiate is an opiate right a hydro uh, hydrophil benzoids is you know these synthetic things are just as addictive as sticking a needle in your arm. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And but I don't think the people correlated nope. that. No, nope. you know, because you know, you, oh, I never stick a needle in my arm. Right. So right, there's a so there's an elite, there's an elitism <laughs> yeah. to this. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to, to talk about because <laughs> when we went through the the crack epidemic. Right. Mm -hmm. It was it was criminalized. Yep. You know, it was tearing up families. Yep. It, it was in what they would call urban neighborhoods. So let's say poor and marginalized. That's yeah. the, the, the key word to today. Yeah. So we're breaking up families. We're arresting people. We're throwing the key and they yeah. they were sick. Right. Yeah. And so now it comes around and the user looks different. Yeah. Right. So now that the user looks different, we have uh, 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 must be regulated. It's treated yeah. like a sickness. So what you've seen that. Right. Because yeah. both. Well, I said I lived through uh, me, myself being a recovering uh, addict. Mm -hmm. I lived through uh, the 80s. Uh, 
in early 90s, uh, that crack epidemic, mm -hmm. I was right in the middle of that. That's when I was using. Mm -hmm. I uh, It slowly, it started out, like I said, I was a musician, you know, started out with cocaine and then uh, moved on to uh, smoking it. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, once crack hit, right. that was it for me. I was, you know. Um, so, I mean, it's hard to, um, say with the, you know, both for the, back then, now, like I said, they treated, mm -hmm. you know, uh, the addicts with kind of disdain, right. you know, it yes. was their fault. Mm -hmm. They're the ones who got themselves into this. Right. So there was, the punishment was harsh mm -hmm. and, and people don't realize from, uh, from Reagan on down through the Clinton years. Yep. And yep. yes, everybody reverend uh, president Clinton was one of the ones who put into place these harsh drug yes. laws. Yes, indeed. Three strikes. Yep. He, he, to apologize. Yes, he did. Well, yeah, he did. Yeah, because now they're like I said. Now these the suburban and rural communities are faced with an epidemic. Like mm -hmm. I said, they didn't. They, that got out of control. That started with prescription medication. Yes, yes indeed. That's where it yes, started indeed. with prescription medication. These people, you know, were getting these painkillers from the doctors, having, them, mm -hmm. and their kids getting a hold of them. And like I said, there's no difference between those that medication right. and sticking a, 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 mm -hmm. a bag of heroin in your arm. Yes, that's right. Same thing. Yeah. Same addiction. Mm. Um, they didn't realize that, and now, like I said, so it's happening in those communities. And like I said, those communities have more money. They have more say. Yes. Um, uh, so the the weight of what they carry is going to be, like I said, felt, and they start screaming. Laws get changed. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and that's <laughs> it's just the right, and uh, and they're voting. Yeah, <laughs> you yep. know, they're definitely voting. voting. So, yep. so there's there's a that's power in that. There's power in voting. Like, like like I said, those communities have money, and their vote counts a little. When they got some money behind that. Mm -hmm. It's hard, like I said, now, uh, not to say, you know, I don't want to make it like a kind of us and them, because no, everybody right. should be getting help. Yes, of course. And that's course. what I do. I, I try to treat right. everybody. Right, exactly. And uh, in, our, in our art community, yeah. uh, we, we all are yeah. very different looking, yeah. but but we are uh, much more similar than yeah. not in that yeah. right, you know. But like I said, they're even like... Um, New regulations coming down from the state, the okay. 820 uh, regulations uh, that went from 819 to 820. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of it is more, they they use the language of uh, patient-centered, right. meeting the client where he's at. Mm -hmm. None of this stuff was going on. Oh, right. <laughs> the client, I mean, meeting right. the client, they just thrown right. him in jail. It wasn't a kind, <laughs> kind you're kinder, gentler. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 Which I, you know, I said I, sometimes I think 
like I get in discussions with other counselors and mm -hmm. and there's a lot of disagreement in the field don't get me wrong oh I would imagine I, I think it, it just like a pendulum um you know it they swung it way over to this end where they right. were throwing everybody in jail and oh they're great and now they're going way too far to the other yeah, end like yeah. oh we you know you know we gotta uh, be gentle with them mm -hmm. you know somewhere in the middle is the right answer right and hopefully it'll come back to that right and and so but, but also too the needs of uh, the people that are addicted will yeah. dictate that, that, yeah. right that that needs it's well, you know, definitely, right? yeah, well, definitely need, like I said uh, certain communities have a little more influence than others mm -hmm. and their voices will be heard more yeah and that's not you know be, you know that's just a fact to me mm. <laughs> you know? wow well, well look uh i want to say we definitely you know i i love you i've known you for a while mm -hmm. and i always appreciate the you, you know your, your journey uh and the strength and, and you know the presence of mind to be able to 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 continually kick that mm -hmm. and, and um you know, trying to avoid situations to put mm -hmm. yourself in a relapse. So, yeah. so, um, and also to be in the community helping, you know, and, and picking a field that you help, yeah. but also obviously appreciate the, the funky drumming that you do and keep it <laughs> ill funk, the funk and the ill funk and, yes. um, and whatever pursuit. So I, I thank you for your time. Uh, I thank you for your help and thank you so much for being uh, a guest on, um, Super Art Creator Talk. Is there any one more thought you wanted to end off yeah, with, Mark? I just, uh, I'm glad you brought it back to the arts. And, uh, and uh, again, I'm impressed with the fact that you can go through and talk about what your day is like mm -hmm. and then take that creativity at night and put it, uh, store it somewhere in the back of your mind so it doesn't affect your art at night. And that is hard to do. Mm -hmm. I give you a lot of credit well, for you. being able to do both successfully. Well, uh, thank you guys for having me today. Like I said, I uh, my life has been, to me, a long journey and, and blessed. Mm -hmm. And there was a point in my life where uh, I never even thought I'd make it uh, to this age I mm -hmm. am now. Yeah. I, it, it just didn't seem plausible to me. Right. And so every day, um, I still, and I, and I tell everybody out there, like I said, I'm a recovering addict. I recover, you know, but I only, you know, right now I have 23 years, but I only have actually, and uh, all the other recovering people know that they only have today. Mm. Every day I get up right. and I thank Lord for what I have today. Mm. As soon as I get out of bed, because it can all be gone tomorrow, yes. you know, and with recent events, I think of Kobe Bryant yes. and how a life can just be, you know, like that gone tomorrow everything could be gone tomorrow so every day when i get up right. i always fall on my knees and say thank you for giving me the day because there was a time in my life i didn't think i'd have these days oh yeah so every day to me is a blessing now yeah so we want to we <laughs> want to say that definitely um kobe bryant's family and the families of everybody that passed on that helicopters in our prayers for sure yeah. and, it, and it i think it does make us all uh, uh universally take a step back and yeah. and, and think um, so uh, again, uh, want to say thanks so much for tuning in to super art creator talk, spread the word, and we'll catch you on the next episode.